The second largest economy in the world is in trouble. China is facing a growing list of problems, real estate, semiconductor bans, and labor market gyrations. The world's second most populous country also has a major youth unemployment problem. Really quite disconcerting was the youth unemployment figure. It hit a fresh record of 20.8 percent uh, for May. That's up from 20.4 the prior month. This is an age category from people 16 to 24, about 96 million people, the Statistics Bureau said. Six million of those are still looking for jobs. Since the end of 2022, China's urban youth unemployment rate has risen to 21%. The issue was getting so much attention that China decided to stop publishing the data altogether. China's youth employment rate now ranks with several G7 countries that have notorious problems with getting younger workers into the labor market, like Spain and Italy. India, the world's most populated country, has also been dealing with a youth employment problem. But China has prided itself on putting its hundreds of millions of younger, well-educated citizens to work, and the most recent data set a record for the highest youth unemployment rate ever in China. Experts point to several reasons for the slow pace of hiring for recent graduates and China's youth. That uh, labor market uh, transformation uh, could have impacted um, the recent uh, youth un un unemployment rate in China, and also the way uh, the Chinese government uh, has been regulating some of the sectors that I studied, uh, including uh, the high-tech sector, could have really uh, serious impacts on the unemployment situation today. My understanding is there just aren't the same level of uh, jobs that require a college degree. So there's this uh, imbalance in terms of supply and demand, and then that, that's made even worse because of the COVID and the entire economic slowdown. So what's happening in China? Why are younger workers not working? Because of the overall economic slowdown, businesses don't want to hire as many people especially not young people because you have to train them and you don't know if they'll stay around. You don't even know if your business is going to be around. China's economy, along with other parts of the world, is struggling to find growth. A lot of Chinese wealth is tied to real estate. And as the housing sector grew and grew in the late 20th and early 21st centuries, homeowners saw a big increase in their net worth. That all reversed during China's zero COVID policy. Investment in real estate began to plummet from 8.3% year-over-year growth in 2018 to a sharp decline of 8.4% in 2022. Policies from Beijing forced property developers like Evergrande to default on their debts and eventually file for bankruptcy. Shares of Guangdong-based Evergrande began trading again on August 28th after a 17-month halt. The stock plummeted 78% in the day. Consumer confidence has been declining uh, since the beginning of the year uh, because people realize that the post-COVID recovery isn't as strong as many of them had hoped for. One area of particular weakness is the service sector. Investment actually completed by the tertiary industry, what China's National Bureau of Statistics calls the service industry, has tapered off in the last six months compared to a year ago. Even imports and exports to and from the country are down in most sectors, including a 23% drop in exports to the United States and a 21% drop in exports to the European Union in July compared to last year. 
all while imports of crude oil dropped 21% in July from a year ago. Just year-to-date, the country's imports have fallen 7.6% from last year. Some of the problems in China may be deflationary, um, but you know, if, if China is experiencing deflation, that doesn't change the fact that uh, consumers aren't really spending. Consumers aren't spending in China and uh, they're not spending abroad either. As a result of pressures on the economy and limited spending, the Chinese government decided to cut interest rates in a very different move than the rest of the developed world. For Chinese government, it really wants to contain any of the market volatility, especially during the economic downturn. And from the beginning of this year, there were a lot of speculations in the market over any uh, big change in the macroeconomic data. So it's in a way becoming the self-fulfilling prophecy because the government is so worried that there might be too much attention for certain type of the data, then they do not wish to disclose too much of it. Uh, and as a result, there are more speculation and more fear in the market. A lot of the young people right now, their parents lived through China's big economic boom in the last couple of decades. So a lot of the parents have made a lot of money and you know, the kids, even if they're not fully employed or employed at all, it doesn't mean that they're financially affected. They might be still be living very comfortable lives just because of how affluent their families have become. One study conducted by a Yale University researcher determined just how much household wealth increased between 2010 and 2012 in China. The data showed between those two years, housing assets grew 51% in value. And then what happens in China was in the last 10, 15 years, the housing market skyrocketed. And then uh, the value of the say second first tier cities property, especially first tier city, my experience research mostly in Shanghai, it went sixfold, tenfold, right? That's how people are sitting on this wealth. And these are those young people's parents' generation. And in the US, we're talking about, oh, the baby boomers, they got everything. China's overall urban unemployment rate has remained relatively steady all year, hovering around 5.2%. The 25 to 59-year-old population has seen steady employment as well, with that number hovering around 4% since March. That's leading some to call younger demographic groups, quote, professional children. Even if they're not fully employed or employed at all, it doesn't mean that they're financially affected. They might be still be living very comfortable lives just because of how affluent their families have become. And so that also contributes to, hey, maybe I can just take some time off and lie flat. Well, I don't think the young people are buying it because they were not lazy. Like I said, they study really hard. They compete really hard. And then they are competing for jobs like hundreds of people uh, applying for one position. I recently heard another way to characterize the situation in, in doing sit-ups. It's sort of expressing this idea that you know, whatever sector you, you try to make your way in, whether it's coffee or real estate or tourism, it's extremely competitive because everyone's be trying to get kind of their slice of the same pie. So if you're doing sit-ups, you're taking breaks between lying flat and also participating in this intense rat race. One way this sitting up phenomenon has played out is via the country's national civil service exam. In March 2023, more than 7.7 .7 million people took the civil service exam in China, the first step toward getting a government job. 
thing is, there were only 200,000 open civil service positions. Certainly the internet platform companies like Alibaba, Tencent, uh, they also saw massive growth in the last two decades that had driven significant demand for young people as well. And with different regulations in the last couple of years, we've seen that these industries have uh, been clamped down on by, by the government or at least restricted in a way that you know, they're not hiring necessarily at the pace they used to, if not laying off jobs. China's policy towards some of its largest technology companies took a significant shift during COVID-19 when Xi Jinping began his third term in office. In 2020, regulators suspended what would have been, at the time, the world's largest IPO on record, from Alibaba's Ant Group on Shanghai and Hong Kong exchanges due to, quote, significant issues such as the changes in the financial technology regulatory environment. So before 2015, is the continuing growth of wage across different sectors, including labor-intensive manufacturing, like labor-intensive services. But the situation began to change in the mid-2010s. So basically, the job moved from the manufacturing sector to the low-skilled service sector. But the problem is that the low-skilled service sector don't really solve the problem because they actually generated very bad jobs. Chinese President Xi Jinping has urged the youth to eat bitterness, a more traditional Chinese phrase, which means to persevere through hardship without complaint or even to suffer. China's policy focus has been more and more on the long term. And that's why we have seen a lot of stress on economic security. And that means way more investment into the kind of technology that will be meaningful in the long term, but not so much for the short term. Artificial intelligence will be one of such example. Just by putting more money into AI, it has the potential to replace even more workers, especially young workers in the near future. So it's not necessarily good uh, for job creation, but it's very important for China's long-term growth. On the other hand, though, it actually does look like the economic malaise that China is experiencing may be contributing to um, its apparently increasing willingness to come to the table and engage in diplomatic exchanges with the United States. You look at their import numbers, you look at their export numbers, all again, red negative. And we invest in other parts of Asia, Australia, South Korea, Japan. But at this point, I think it's prudent for folks like us and your viewers to start to rethink how they're going to deploy capital in China. Many young people used to graduate and maybe go into real estate, education, after school tutoring, internet technology companies, coding jobs, even government positions. And those are really not necessarily where the future of China is going to be heavily focused on. The Chinese youth, well, they tend to pursue graduate degrees as a strategy to deal with uh, labor market difficulty. So the problem is that they are becoming more and more uh, educated. But the problem is that you're just delaying, postponing the problems, but you are not solving the problem. You are getting more and more degrees that don't really give you any return. 